Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Um, I don't know why nobody told me that Manny from Degrassi was on that show Euphoria. I don't know why you all didn't feel like you should fill me in on that. Well, uh, the actress? Mm-hmm. No. No. She's not? I looked her up when you sent us that message because I didn't know who you were talking about. Um, <laughs> I don't think she's in. There was a whole news article about it. I thought it was just because the character um, is very similar to Maddie. Yeah, Maddie oh, and Manny are. Oh, I thought of the it was same the character. same actress. No, no, she's definitely not in Euphoria. Oh. I even responded to you. Yeah, they yeah. are kind of the same character. Well, no, because the. I thought she was playing the same character. No. Cassie no, Steele is not in Euphoria. She's not? No. Oh. No. No, she just, her, there is also a, a, like a sexy, confident young woman that's kind of similar to her character. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, now I'm less inclined to watch Euphoria. <laughs> oh. You started our whole show on a lie. Well, sorry. I just, <laughs> this is what you get for just seeing the headline of entertainment articles and there then telling go. people about them. I don't do that with like with a news article. I'll read the whole article but with an entertainment article. I kind of assume the headline will tell you the whole thing. <laughs> I should have wow. read the whole thing. Should have. You're Sydney, spreading euphoria is... misinformation. The one I saw even had a picture of, of uh, Cassie Steele. And so I was like, oh, cool. Loved that show, Degrassi. <laughs> well, Sydney, never mind. You're playing a part in the disintegration of truth. How does that feel? <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a lie. I don't do that about like the really important things. You know, I've seen I've seen a lot of like uh, older adults tweeting saying they feel like they're too old to be watching Euphoria. Like mm-hmm. mom and dad have also said that because mom and dad watch it. And they're like, sometimes I feel like I'm too old to be watching this. I think now the the line should be if you think that your favorite character from Degrassi <laughs> is in Euphoria, as you're an adult, you're it. not allowed to watch it. <laughs> Uh, I feel like that should be a selling point, though, too, for Euphoria. It's like, did you like Degrassi? Do you want more of it? I couldn't get... I tried to get Justin to watch Euphoria with me last night, and he was like, "Mm, maybe another time. I couldn't... It's weird, because, like, you know, we've watched... Uh, well, he never watched Degrassi with me, but like we watched Dawson's Creek together. We watched The O.C. together. I thought he'd want to watch. And this is that, but Gen Z. Yeah. Which means it's not as light. Right. A little dark. I mean, but that's also I lived through the 90s. And, you know, 2022. I, I remember that aesthetic. I was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? <laughs> well, I assume. I mean, th- you know, we had like dark times. You know how and in our shows, there would be like the one very special episode where they'd confront kind of a serious topic and mm-hmm. a character would have to go through something kind of hard. So Euphoria is like if you made a show out of very special episodes. Every episode is a very special episode. (laughs) So Caffeine Pills. That's what I was going to say. What was the show where the one girl was on Caffeine Pills? Saved by the Bell. Yeah, it was like that, but like it's times 100 in every episode. Getting stuck in a fridge. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) A bathtub, but yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So it's all the same. Exactly the same. Basically. There was that other time on Saved by the Bell where they got drunk and drove and like dented the car, I think. It was nothing major. Nobody got injured or died or anything. Yeah, this is uh, basically just like that. Except they have better makeup. Okay. Well, the lack of Degrassi actors is very disappointing. Um, I thought that was the thing now. I mean, Zendaya's in it. Oh, I do like Zendaya. Yeah. Yeah. So, McSteamy from Grey's Anatomy's in it. Well, he was the uh, lesser of the two McSomethingies, I thought, on Grey's Anatomy. Wow, that's a hot take. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it is? <laughs> I think so. But, I mean, to be fair, I watched Grey's Anatomy when it start like... Like, I, this is how old I am. I watched it the first day that it came on air. I was all excited. I was like, there's this new show, and it's about <laughs> young doctors, and I can't wait to watch it. So, like, I watched it from the first episode 
through the first few seasons and then went, this is just getting ridiculous and then left it. So I don't know. I know there was a thing where Meredith was on a beach and had COVID and was hallucinating people or whatever. (laughs) Like, I know that. I know (laughs) that was like the entire most recent. I know that I know that. (laughs) Meredith on a beach. I, I I heard that McDreamy died, and I was so upset yeah. about it. Like I didn't even watch the show anymore, and I was so sad thinking about it. I was like, "Well, I'll, now I'll definitely never watch this show." I did stop when that <laughs> happened. I did not watch. After it just that. really bummed me out to think about. No, no context for that. I don't. I've never watched an episode of that. I do think. He- there is a character on Euphoria that is I also probably not from a thing that a lot of people I don't know uh, the mom of Cassie and uh, mm-hmm. and Lexi who's a great character mm-hmm. that actress was in uh, Waiting. Have either of you seen that? It's an old Ryan Reynolds movie. No, I don't huh. think so. It's one of my favorites, and it's literally just about a, a crew of people that work at like a restaurant that's sort of like an Applebee's, and I think it's just one of those that like service people love and the world forgot and their mother plays a character who's this very angry waitress that is just i i was in love with her i thought she was amazing so so any anytime she it's such a random reference point but anytime she's in anything i'm like oh i love this it's her she's a wonderful character especially the most recent episode is just like that scene in mean girls where regina george's mom is like filming them in the audience when they're in the talent show yeah except times 10 it's so good you gotta watch it. Yeah. Uh, then we'll do an episode on Euphoria. So it has McSteamy, but not Can't Buy Me Love. He is not in it. He is not in it, no. Mm. Well. And McSteamy isn't necessarily as, you know... Well, actually, he wasn't a good guy in Grey's Anatomy at first either, so I guess... No, he wasn't. Wait, so, he, but then he got he's the good. dad, right? Yeah, he's Nate Jacobs' dad. But then he got good. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, did he... He died too, right? Yeah. They all die. They all city. die on Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> except for Meredith. She's the only one left. It's How? not generally like that in a hospital. <laughs> is, is that show like twenty seasons long? It's like twenty two or twenty three. I think oh, at this point. Thought yeah. I was exaggerating. Well, no. they had to have time to kill off every major character. Apparently, yeah. I mean, as I say, that would seem intense. But I guess when you have a show that just runs for eternity, people do they they do yeah. die. After 17 years, Can't Buy Me Love was like, I guys, I got to do something else. I can't keep doing this. See, but the, what's weird about it is like we have that culturally. They're called soap operas. And the thing about it is characters do die frequently, but then they come back later, either because their death was fake or it's their twin, twin or whatever. Like we're not used Amnesia. to seeing that on an evening drama yeah. where it's like, oh, they're just dead now. That's just it. They're just, oh, Okay. And now we move. Don't worry. There'll be a beach scene where they show up at so- at some point. <laughs> Don't worry. It was good at first. Grey's Anatomy? Yeah, I liked oh, it yeah. at first. I, I always love those medical dramas because I like to pick apart the medicine. <laughs> of course. <laughs> See, I like being completely oblivious to the medicine as to what would be real or not and just be like, wow, that's wild. <laughs> the body's crazy. The best was always house so that I could sit there and go, why are they drawing the blood themselves? No, they wouldn't run the MRI machine. What is this hospital? Yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about medicine, but I'm mm-hmm. going to go ahead and assume that, that Dr. House would not be allowed <laughs> to have a license. <laughs> no. It would just be house. Yes. Yeah. He would be Mr. House. Mr. House. <laughs> I'd work with a Dr. House. I'd get along fine with him course yeah um i mean he's no hawkeye if we're gonna start ranking tv doctors uh-huh. but <laughs> anyways so anyway. um can't hardly wait yeah that's what we're talking about yeah. it w- did you watch it because it worries me that you can't remember the name i was trying to think of a segue <laughs> oh, I, okay. I i didn't realize we just had completely given up on them at this point we're just like anyways so name of thing we're talking about <laughs> I did. <laughs> what Another do you mean? Did I watch? I just was trying to think of a clever way to get there. That probably teens. weren't teens when they played these roles. There you go. Yeah. Do you think they were? No. I mean, Jennifer Love Hewitt would have just been on Party of Five, so maybe Ethan Embry probably not. He's kind of ageless. Ethan Embry always looks the same age. I, I mean, like, which isn't necessarily high school, I guess. Seth Green was twenty-four. So not in high school. Um, Jennifer Love Hewitt was 19. Yeah. So there you go. 
Because she was one that started out young yeah. in her acting career. Ethan Embry was 20. So, um, not that far off. Um, I will say I like just, I always look up the shows we're talking about to have like here on my phone for reference when we're watching them and it describes it as one of those like notable before they were famous films like all these people that are famous now that are so well known and this is like the first thing they did the only people <laughs> i recognized were seth green and jennifer love hewitt i was wondering and about barely that. recognized jennifer love hewitt it took me a while before i was like oh and seth it- green was only from um his stint on a Buffy, right? Yes, on yeah. Buffy. I was going to say from Buffy. Yeah. Um, so I thought that too, actually. I noticed that, that uh, I don't, I mean, this was part of like, it wasn't before they were stars. This is part of like why they were stars in, yeah. the, in the late 90s, early 2000s were these, like this movie and other things they did, but like this was all part of it. It was weird. I thought that yeah. too. And I was like, it's not really before they were stars. It's sort of why they were stars. Yeah. And then they weren't later as much. And then they weren't later, I think, is an important thing to add on there. <laughs> I mean, they're some of my favorites, but... You just talked about Ethan Embry for a good, like, solid 30 seconds straight. I don't... I don't know. I, this is the first time I've I'd seen him in anything, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, they, he's also... Oh, go ahead. Huh? I was just gonna say he's in that thing you do, which I've seen, oh, well, like, 500,000 times or something. But there are, and I don't, I don't know. I think they were cameos at the time because these people are already well known. But like Melissa mm-hmm. Joan Hart is in it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Jason Siegel is in it. I think this is before he was. Mm-hmm. This, he's yeah, in a bit part. Um, Jerry O'Connell shows up. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Jenna Elfman as uh, the angel who's going to go strip somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Amber mm-hmm. Benson. So we have two two Buffy. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Sydney, for anyone at home who may not be familiar with this 1998 film, do you want to briefly run down the, the plot? So uh, this is like your classic. I feel like there are a lot of movies like this at the ni- in the 90s. Um, if you've seen American Pie or like early 2000s, like th- this is this was like one of those sorts of films. It's the it's the big end of the year bash, end of the senior year. Everybody's graduating, going on to their new lives. And you have your like Ethan Embry plays like your romantic lead who has been sort of like the quiet nerdy guy. And this is his night. He's finally going to tell the most popular girl in school that he's loved her all along. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Mm-hmm. And um, and he's going to give her this letter and profess his love, which is a weird thing to do because we have established that he's about to go to this like writing workshop with Kurt Vonnegut, with Kurt Vonnegut <laughs> for the summer. <laughs> so I don't know what the, I don't know what the follow up like. I'm going to confess my love. Bye. <laughs> I mean, my thing, my guess was probably like he probably just assumed because he was, you know, scared and insecure that she was going to like turn him down. True. But he just wanted to tell her. So, he, so like that's sort of like the thread throughout the movie is him trying to, to tell her. She doesn't really know who he is, mm-hmm. really. Um, and he ends up losing the letter at the party and she finds the letter and she reads it, but she still doesn't know who he is. And nobody at the party can tell her who he is. Because nobody really knows him. Mm-hmm. Um, and and around this, you have, like, other shenanigans occurring. Like, the nerdy kid who's finally going to get revenge on, like, the football jock. And you've got the, um, I guess, uh, goth girl. Is that? Emo girl? Yeah. Alterna girl? Grumpy girl. Grumpy girl. Grumpy girl. girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I don't know if I would have described her as goth girl, but yeah. I think grumpy girl fits. I don't know something, but like that's yes. my, that would be like my Daria. Well, I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say because she's she's not goth, but she is def- definitely an archetype from the '90s of that kind of smarter than everybody else, kind mm-hmm. of angry and and bored with everybody girl, but like a Veronica Sawyer. Yeah, yeah, a Daria, a Daria. Uh, if Velma got angry yeah cynical velma <laughs> cynical velma that's what that archetype is all teen oh my ar- god that's that's who i've been most of my life is a cynical velma all teen archetypes go back to the scooby gang this is true they always yeah. they really do so cynical cynical velma uh is there <laughs> i have a t-shirt this is cynical velma um and she's like not the party type and she didn't think she was going to have a, t- a great time but then she ends up locked in the bathroom with Seth Green of course um, who they used to be buddies but then he is trying to be 
He's his archetype, and this is I don't. Did this read to you what Seth Green is trying to be? Because this was such a '90s thing. What do you mean? Like what he is a satire of? N- no, he's he's like the he's a white guy who was very much into like hip hop, and is okay. his entire personality is appropriating that culture. Like yeah. that's okay. That's who he is, and there were lots of people at the especially at that time period who unironically yes were doing that just okay appropriating black culture hip-hop culture and uh, you know uh, i see that that, is who he is i see that now in the sense that like yes that is what i saw but not in the sense that i am used to that archetype being in the media i consume on a regular basis well i certainly hope it's not now i don't (laughs) i mean like i understand what you're saying because that is what i thought of that character because um, I was thinking, like, is this? I mean, obviously, like that, like cultural appropriation is is a problem. Like, yeah. is that problematic? Yes. Is Seth Green problematic? Well, I mean, there's there's sat they're satirizing that, right. you know, that he is a send up of he's the butt of the joke, right? You know, because he looks foolish for trying to take somebody else's, you know, mannerism, speaking style, dress, mm-hmm. and at you know yeah. claim it as his own. So I think I think like. It's a satire of that, but yeah. that would that would there were a lot of people actually doing that sure. at this period of time, um, and then they end up doing it. Yep. <laughs> uh, there you by, go. By the it has a very romantic, I guess, to spoil the movie. Like, and it, I mean, like you're like any teen movie. I mean, of, it came out twenty four years. Ago. Of course, of course, <laughs> the leads are going to end up together. Yeah. You know, you have the very romantic scene where, like, finally he gives up. He's he leaves the party. He's just going to move on with his life, go to his his writing workshop with Kurt Vonnegut, which, by the way, like, if that's the loser's prize. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I do think that that, it, that his character in particular does kind of set it apart from a lot of other movies and that he's not he doesn't seem like a loser. Like he a lot of people seem to know who he is, seem to be happy to see him like he's going on to mm-hmm. good things. It's just this, you know unfinished business he has or really it's like no I, I don't think you should give up your writing workshop with Kurt Vonnegut to hang out with this girl you talk to once and you both eat <laughs> pop tarts like I, I think that's a bad idea actually <laughs> see that arc that like archetype though that kind of character is a lot more realistic to me than what you see in a lot of movies where it's like the overly exaggerated nerdy guy yeah. who ends up with the super popular girl and like no one knows his name and he wears like glasses with tape in the middle or whatever. Mm-hmm. That kind of guy in this movie where it's like, well, yeah, everyone like is kind of aware of him because like we've seen him in class or whatever, but he doesn't go to the parties because it's not really a scene. He mm-hmm. just kind of keeps to himself and he's focused on like finishing high school and going to college like that seems very realistic to me and that was surprising because this movie is from 1998 i wasn't expecting to see that kind of character where i'm like I, yeah i knew people like that in high school yeah. that like mm-hmm. if i saw them i'd be like oh that's so and so but like probably a lot well. of, a lot of like cool people had secret crushes on him he hung out mm-hmm. with like band people and theater people <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and and you know and in the end so he's leaving at the train station he's going to go to his workshop and uh amanda shows up and is like wait i love you not really but like you know hey (laughs) i think you're cool and i want to get to know you let's hang and so preston and amanda like hang out for a while and he still goes to his writing workshop because they do the like i feel like a lot of movies did this for a while where like at the end you get sort of like the snapshot of and here's what happened to them after this because we don't want to yeah. <laughs> legally blonde we, we can't <laughs> leave anything thing. up to the imagination yeah. we need to make sure we tell you how everyone ended up and how they end up is that they talk for a long time and he takes a later train and then they write each other and then they're together still now yeah. every day Yay. they wrote each other yes um, and when we get everybody else's sort of like little story too yeah which again are very stereotypical ends for all of these types of characters Mm -hmm. like the the popular football guy that you know then isn't grows up and isn't popular anymore and is alone and not not cool which i thought likes him i thought that was i i always hate those sorts of things because like then the nerd nerdy guy gets to like super rich and yeah married to a supermodel and like how about everybody just i don't know most people just grow up and do okay (laughs) everybody's like fine (laughs) 
Um, the only one that felt realistic was uh, Seth Green and uh, uh, Cynical Velma uh-huh. that like break up the next morning, but then mm-hmm. get back together and then are friends. And then yeah, it, that that was like okay. Yeah, I can get behind that. <laughs> um, but I think like the thing about the movie. I don't know why this I think that this movie was for me just because of the timing of when it came out. What like I I feel like there's this whole generation just after me. Taylor, you probably knew a lot of people not. I wouldn't guess this about you, but probably a lot of people your age who connected to American Pie the same way. Right, right. Who like it was their movie. It was the party movie. It was the movie that everybody talked about. Everybody quoted. Everybody knew. This was like a couple years before that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was for me, but they're all essentially the same kind of movie. Like your senior year of high school is ending. It's your last chance to define yourself for that chapter of your life. Who were you? What are you like? What will people remember about you and say about you? This is your last moment to do it. Mm -hmm. And you're going to make it all happen at this big party (laughs) at the end of the school year. And I feel like a lot of movies sort of were that. Yeah. This was just the one that came out for me. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. I I think I connected more to Preston than to anybody in it. Except, well, I don't know. Maybe I was a cynical Velma and I just didn't realize it. (laughs) I was going to say, I feel like a cynical Velma. Yeah. Um, But I get that. Um, But I want to talk more about, like, the movie itself other than just, like, what happens. But before we do that, let's check the group message. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so I know we're all super busy right now. Um, I know I am. I've got a, a lot of work I'm doing. I'm trying to, you know, get the kids to all their activities and, and also work and also, um, you know, just have time to relax. And sometimes I don't have time to cook. Um, I do love cooking, mm-hmm. but some days I just don't have time to do it. Um, And right now, especially with little ones, it's really tough to go out to restaurants and feel safe about that. Uh, So DoorDash has me covered because I can get food from my favorite local restaurant delivered to my door, contactless delivery, dropped safely right there so I can eat things I enjoy. I don't have to worry about cooking. Um, I don't have to go out to restaurants and I can still support those places uh, that I love so much. DoorDash is an app. All you do is open it up. You pick the place you want to eat from. You pick the food you want to eat. And the food is delivered um, safely and smilingly, politely friendly, (laughs) if you will, to your door. And you can wait until they're back at their car and then yell thank you. My children love to do that. It's been some of their only human interaction throughout the pandemic. They do really love that. (laughs) Um, Many of your favorite local restaurants are on DoorDash. They're also, if you need like sundries, various items from other places, you can get that usually through DoorDash as well. Uh, And you should really check it out. Taylor, if our listeners want to try DoorDash, what should they do? Well, right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more and zero delivery fees for their first month when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BUFFERING. That's $5 off your first order and zero delivery fees for a month when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BUFFERING. Don't forget, that's code BUFFERING for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. I want to talk about my eyes. All right. And what I put on them. More specifically, the glasses that go on them. I guess around them. I would say in front of them. <laughs> in front of them. Sure. That that uh, 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 I use with my eyes in conjunction with my eyes. You sound like an alien describing what glasses are right now. <laughs> Trying to learn what glasses are. Um, but because I am so unaware of what glasses are, apparently, that's why I use Warby Parker. Because they help me figure out what I need and what would look best for me and also what would be best for my eyes and to aid saves, in my scene. It saves Riley from that embarrassing interaction <laughs> she has when she tries to go do this at a store and say, I need the things that go around my eye, that I use in conjunction with my eyes for, I just, for the scene. I just run, into, I just run into a Walmart. <laughs> yeah, just run into a Walmart. I'm like, I think you have the things here that I put around my eyes. <laughs> they help it see. And then they ask you to leave. And they ask me to leave. Um, Warby Parker, I don't have to worry about that. Because Warby Parker not only offers eyeglasses, but also sunglasses, contact lenses, and eye exams. And they're pr- committed to providing exceptional vision care, both in stores and online, which is what... 
I prefer for every interaction is to be as online as possible. As you can see, I've forgotten how to describe the most basic of things. Um, and I love the home try on too, where they'll yes. send you frames that you want to try on. You can pick the ones you like, send, send them all back and then they'll send you one. Um, that got me to try my red glasses for the first yeah. time ever. And yeah. I, I didn't think I'd like them, but I thought, well, I'll give them a shot. And now I've used them ever since. Yeah. You just, you go online, you take a little quiz, you tell them, you know, what kind of shape you like, what kind of colors you like, that kind of thing. Uh, and then they'll show you all of their recommended ones based on your answers, but then all of their glasses. You pick five, they send them to you, you have a few days to try them on. I always liked trying them on and taking taking pictures and sending them to all my groups of friends. Like, what do you think? Um, and that is how I've gotten my last two pairs of glasses is from Warby Parker. And their glasses start at $95, including prescription lenses. So, you know, you can personalize how they look, the quality, and you're getting them at a really reasonable, affordable price with mm -hmm. this ability to try them on at home, which you usually don't get when you're ordering something online um, for free. So, Tay, if our listeners want to check out Warby Parker, what should they do? Well, you can try Warby Parker's free home try-on program. Order five pair of glasses to try at home for free for five days. There's no obligation to buy. Ships free and includes a free or a prepaid return shipping label. Try five pairs of glasses at home for free at warbyparker.com slash buffering. Now, um, some of the other than Preston and Amanda, who have what I would say is like your very kind of textbook romantic kind of arc mm -hmm. to their story, right? Um, I think you have uh, so many great other characters because it's a party and you can have tons of people hanging out. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's Nerdy William. Um, <laughs> I thought his, I thought the scene where he sings Paradise City was pretty triumphant. <laughs> it's pretty great. I don't know what the what the the message there is though because he's sort of an uptight nerd who's seeking revenge, and then he has some beers, and now he's a cool guy in a cool shirt singing a song. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. I didn't really think about it that way. Mm. Do you think it's trying to say that really that, you know, the character of the nerd that wants to get revenge when he gets the chance to, like, be with the popular people and, like, loses some of his inhibitions and he gets to just hang, then that's what he'd really want? You know what mm. I mean? Like, he wants to, like, spite them, get revenge on them. But really, it's just like, he wants to hang. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's... But that's not, it doesn't say, that's not saying a good thing about the nerd. Though, well, no. You know, not, because you know. What, what it's saying is all along, if the, if you could just be them, mm -hmm. you'd be happy when well, you, just, you know, you should be happy with yourself. Or just be accepted by them. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, he's been, he's been bullied. He talks about yeah. all the science fair projects that the, <laughs> the cool jock has destroyed and stuff. It's, it's always a science <laughs> fair project. And I gotta be real, guys. I know I was in high school four years ago, but... We never had a science fair. Any year, wait, wait, we never wait, had wait, a science wait, 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 wait. fair. Hold on, hold on. You never had a science fair? I did in elementary <laughs> school. Not high school. Those there were these glorious achievements. Yes. You I never mean, had science fairs? No, in elementary school, we had science and social studies fairs. And I excelled at social studies fair. Obviously, I'm now a liberal arts major. I did not do well in science fair. And when I got to high school, we never had either. You know, but I think that's <sighs> I won because... Them all. Like, I, I think Wikipedia destroyed the science fair because if you think about mm -hmm. it, all you were really making on that giant trifold was a Wikipedia page. <laughs> like you, you know, had to dig through the bowels of the library and maybe the early internet, maybe, to just get some basic information about something. We talked about this in my capstone class the other day. My professor was like, this might sound crazy, you all, but you used to be able to write a research paper just about one thing without having to put some crazy spin on it because there weren't Wikipedia pages where all the information was just there. You had to find all the information in books and put it together. And then we went from books to this magical moment <laughs> when you could get all of your encyclopedias on a CD-ROM yeah. that you could put into your computer and it was called Encarta and you could <laughs> look and it was like, I'm reading an encyclopedia on my computer. This is still not internet. This is on a CD-ROM. This yes. is not internet. Be well, because when internet happened, as far as I knew, it was like, oh, my God, I can go in chat rooms with people from all over the world. And that's it. And also, I can steal music. Nope. Not um, that it's going to de destroy the fine art of science project. You could have a whole... I remember having a project where it was about sharks. And I think the first question I asked was, what are sharks? 
it was. Well, I, now there's. I think you won. Now I have more <laughs> of a concern there. Not that you couldn't look it up online, but why do people not already know from a basic science class what a shark is? You just had to start at the basics. You guys, you had three panels to explain what a shark was. At least one of them had to, you know, ask directly. I Man. I did one on um, acid mine drainage where I grew pea plants with various amounts of coal added to the water to prove that when you put more coal in the water, the plants don't grow. That's, wow, (laughs) would not have expected that. Did that. (laughs) Man, mom loved those things. Yes, she did. Mom excelled at making those trifolds. She loved the trifolds. Love those trifolds. Yeah. Anyway, so science fair, there was our little... (laughs) Sorry, I just, in my head, it was like, who still has a science fair in high school? I didn't realize this was, a, I guess, it, at the time, that was very realistic. And maybe other public well, high schools in other states or other areas do the, this. We just didn't in my particular high school. I don't know. Well, you're also talking about a shift. And I think you see this reflected several times throughout and a lot of movies of this time period. So the idea that anybody making this movie was going to do a ton of research to figure out, like, mm. other than broad generalities, yeah. what are the kids into now? Like, that just wasn't how movies were made. You know, you mm-hmm. weren't reaching out to teenagers to see, like, how are they really dressing? What are they really talking like? What are they really doing? Mm-hmm. What are they into? I think now there's more of a need for that sort of realism. Like, yeah. we want to make media that looks like the experiences you're having. Whereas back then, it was still very much like people who had... Not been in high school for a while, yeah. we'll say. <laughs> yeah. Making movies about people in high school. Sure. I mean, even from the whole, like, the big end of school year party, like, myth. Like, I feel like yes. the, the, the high school mythos is something we just pass down from generation to generation. And it's, you know, always the same. Well, well I will say, I didn't go to many parties in high school. But the one big party that I went to oh. that I knew everyone at was after graduation, the graduation party at the end of our senior year the the kid who always had the parties had the big graduation party and it was like not just our group of friends it was like everyone was there who who were you at the party were you being confessed to confessing were you the girl with the yearbook (laughs) yeah were you yearbook girl (laughs) no i think i actually i feel pretty confident saying i was cynical velma because i didn't really want to be there so you got trapped in a bathroom? Well, I did for some period of time by Seth myself, Green? not with Seth Green. You uh-huh. got trapped in a bathroom by yourself? Yes. The Riley, party, this the is, party, the, this the is party a sadder character Sydney, that exists in the Sydney, movie. Sydney, the party, got, the party got busted. I was hiding. Oh. I got stuck in the bathroom and I didn't know that like everyone had already left and then come back. Because like, that was the thing. It's okay. like they came to bust the party. Everyone left, quote unquote left, and then came oh. back. When, like, it looked like everyone had gone. Mm-hmm. So they came back, and then we had to be a little quieter. I didn't know everyone had left and come back. I thought we were still hiding. So. Okay. I thought you literally got I was stuck in a bathroom hiding. at the party, which is, like, a very. <laughs> I mean, I was, I guess you could say, stuck in there while everyone was downstairs partying again. I was by myself. You were like the, the other bathroom. nerds. <laughs> yeah. The other nerds yeah. who weren't partying. Yeah. Now, uh, of all the nights, theirs seemed the nicest. They just like chilled on a roof and looked yeah. at stars and talked about X Files. That, that, that seemed great. Yeah, that actually seemed pretty cool. Yeah. I, although, I mean, I say that, but like, I would have been in the party. Yeah, I don't know what archetype I would have been, but there's so many. Been, I would have been participating. I love parties. I would have been participating. So many fully. more subtypes. Well, and that's again, I think part of what we're calling back to is like. These same sort of, like, stereotypical teenagers in there are probably the same, like, idea of teenagers that were in 80s movies, too. Like, if we want to draw corollaries between, like, The Breakfast Club and this movie, Mm -hmm. you know, like, we could do it. Because it it really, I think the shift was when you started having younger people who were actually teenagers going, hey, this movie doesn't make any sense to me. (laughs) like nothing about this speaks to my experience and i i do think that that's kind of true because like the character who i think is funny trip mcneely the guy who graduated Mm -hmm. who's still Mm -hmm. like hanging out with the Mm -hmm. high schoolers which by the way that see that's like matthew mcconaughey in uh days and confused right Mm -hmm. same idea Mm -hmm. like we've got this weird older guy who keeps hanging out at our parties yeah did you guys have a weird older guy who hung out at your parties no, we. I never did. Uh, when I 
got to college that was a lot more common that yeah. like some of the sure. houses would have parties that for some reason the guys that had already graduated from college or from the frat or whatever like two or three years ago still were always there but not in high school no that's, that that's oh. normal because they're usually like a house mom or a house dad like anyway well like yeah legit, like an older I, member of the frat that hangs out i have found that the house dad i've seen at a few house parties is not like a guy that graduated like you know a handful of years ago like still in his 20s but just you know out of college it's like a dad like a middle-aged dad who just is like standing on the porch kind of like bopping his head along to the music from inside like that is he literally a dad i mean he might be like capable of dadding capable of age yeah at that age and dresses like like a dad but i want to know like literally like where is his family (laughs) (laughs) that's what i always wondered because he looks like a dad i'm like where's where his they don't live in the in the frat house with him do they (laughs) That's yeah. That's at the at every frat house is built around like a, a nuclear family that just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is my understanding of the Greek system. Yeah, I went to art school. All of us obviously are very well versed. All we need in this country is to get back to traditional families. You know, two parents, two point five kids, a dog, Living raising the their family house. in a frat house in the middle of a frat house, surrounded by college age boys all the time. That's all we That's need it. in this country. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it sounds pretty fun, actually. You know, this is uh, this is unrelated to what frat dads but related to what we were talking about with the movie i do think the reason that a lot of movies now are more so focused on what teens and like real teens or at least real young adults are saying is realistic is because so many of us grew up with netflix and streaming services to watch these old movies and we all watch them and we're like this guys we can't keep doing this you all gotta change it up none of this is accurate none of it's realistic Mm -hmm. and there are probably lots of it that is a little bit offensive that you all didn't realize was a little bit offensive let's not make movies like that anymore (laughs) yeah i mean that's always in there yeah and i I wonder like the reinforcement of that idea that you're you you're one thing in high school that you know you're, Mm -hmm. you're one of these characters these archetypes like i i think i even remember being in high school and thinking about like i don't fit i don't know what i'm like Mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, I played sports. I was also smart. I was also really into art. Like, you know, I didn't have a lot of friends, but I wasn't, people weren't mean to me necessarily. Like, there was a lot of nuance. I, I mean, life yeah. is nuanced. I, yeah. I don't know if the archetypes are useful. So many movies oh, did yeah. that, too. I mean, The Breakfast Club is, like, built around that. Mm-hmm. Mean Girls has the whole scene where it's, like, labeling each table at lunch based on what click is there. Mm-hmm. Clueless did that. I mean, all of them. Yeah. And and I mean, I really do think I felt the same way because I, as I was sitting here thinking, was I like any of these characters? No. Would I identify with any one of the Breakfast Club? No. No. I mean, not really. The only thing I I, I will contend that when American Pie shed light on the fact that the kids in the band were like doing some wild stuff. Yeah. Like that, that is the one. Did you relate to that as a show choir kid? Well, yes, but also because I like the show choir and the band are not that far apart at the end of the day. That's what I'm saying. And and I mean, I knew what the band kids were doing. We all did. And like the show choir kids, too. So like that was the only part where I was like, finally, yes, (laughs) yes, that is so accurate. (laughs) Thank you, American Pie. Thank you, American Pie. The band kids get wild. They do. They do. They do. Justification. Well, it's just, and there's no morality to that. I don't mean it's good or bad. I just mean it, it is a fact. Yeah. They're doing stuff that you might not want to know about. Maybe you do. I don't know. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, uh, can I say on a broader note, I really appreciate a movie that could make it all in one night or all in yeah, one yeah. day and still make it interesting. I feel like yeah. that doesn't happen as much anymore. I feel like a lot of movies, like, you have to have, you know, it takes place over the course of like a whole school year or like a summer. And we're talking about like high school kids or, you know, teens. I really appreciate a movie that can do it all in one night mm-hmm. or a day and make it still feel like, you know, we're not in one night necessarily the whole time. It still feels interesting. It still keeps it moving. I always thought that that was a little stressful, though, in some movies, like the idea. <laughs> I mean, because in my head, I'd be thinking like, well, if it's a teen party, it probably didn't even start until like nine o'clock. Right. The look you're giving me right now oh, is so devastating. So what do you what what is this look? That's really early, Sid. 
That's really early for a party. Nine o'clock? If I was having a party now, it would start at six. Okay, well, you have children. And it would be over go by to bed nine. At eight. <laughs> Ten if we're feeling really wild. Every party I went to, I will say, probably started closer to 10, 30, or 11. Yeah, like you say you say nine, but no one's supposed to show up at nine. People are supposed to show exactly. up at like 10, 30, or 11. Yeah. But if you're going to be in bed by midnight, how does that work? Well, you aren't. You simply <laughs> no. are not. I don't remember. I mean... I, I mean, yes, I remember that that happened to me at some point in my life when I was young and had energy um, and didn't have to fake it with coffee. But I just I get worried like they're going to run out of time to party when I'm watching a movie like that. I keep thinking like party more. <laughs> don't party harder. Party harder. Party don't more. have that. Don't have that. Are you stop looking for the girl or you stop looking for who wrote the letter get out of the bathroom party more party more you're missing party party is happening party will be over <laughs> you're missing party Par- party keeps going until the sun comes up Cindy, you talk about parties like i talk about eyeglasses <laughs> like you don't really know what they do party you know party goes party you party at a party keep party you party party at party, at party. Be- be party. What is I I love scenes in movies where it is clearly like the, the extras were just told to like look like you're partying. Like yeah. to actually look what people are doing in the background. Cause like nobody's doing that at a party. Just like bopping, no. holding a red solo cup and like not talking to anybody, just standing in place and bopping. I feel like that's what you're describing, Sydney. I think that's yeah. what you think partying is. You think there's actually a room where everyone's like dancing, like jumping up and down and like got their arms in the air. Yeah. One person, for some reason, is on silly string duty, and they're just supposed to shoot silly string off <laughs> yeah. at intervals. There's karaoke that everyone's really into. Yes. No. I love karaoke. Now, I I have been to parties. I think maybe the problem is it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Since you've been to party. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, because if you look at the combination of, like, obviously because of pandemic, but then even before that, with kids, like, your uh, your opportunities to party get pretty slim. And I mean, okay, I will say it I would be kind it. of weird if you were having those kinds of parties now, I think. Like, I don't yes. think that's necessarily out of the ordinary for you to be an adult I, not having those kinds of parties. I remember those parties. Yeah. I was at those I attended those parties. Yeah. I just like parties. I like being around big crowds of people. Yeah. I really just want to hear City talk about parties more. <laughs> I know. I no. <laughs> that was our first episode of this podcast was about partying. I didn't realize it's taken me this long to realize how bad you are at it. I'm not bad at no, par- she, I am don't. She's singing <laughs> she oh, don't dare city to party. Don't. I am great city at WK. parties. I have never am- seen you get so serious so fast. I, sh- I shine at parties. It's really where I'm meant to be. You give me a giant group of people that like everybody just wants to be loose Sydney's and have the fun. extrovert. City. I am. Be doing I, this a keg is... stand within an hour. There's not even a keg there, and she's doing it. She's doing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like, <laughs> and yeah, I, and I, I mean, I, and I don't mean that. Like, I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna get trashed because I need to. I want to. I know the party keeps going. Got to remember party. Yeah. And yeah, and I've got FOMO, so I'm gonna party all night. And so mm-hmm. you got to pace yourself because there's gonna be the next party trick that you've got to do. Party tricks. What's the next party trick? What? Are you- a magician? I mean, it could, it, <laughs> it like, could be like flip, cup. flip cup. Yeah. It could be beer pong. Okay. It could be karaoke. Mm, no. See, that's where you've lost me. <laughs> that is not a party trick anymore. I see this is I, I feel like this is where we're different. Because I think I go to parties on occasion to remind myself why I don't go to parties. Like a dinner party, great. Are we all sitting down? Is there structure to it? There's a meal, then there's dessert, then we can leave. Great. But when it's just like, I don't know when this ends, there's everybody's just no one's contained to a general area. So anyone can talk to you at mm-hmm. any point in time. You can be approached endlessly. That's that's my nightmare. That's see, that's why now that I can go out, I prefer going out like to like, you know, bars, because then you're like you're with your friends and you don't necessarily know all the other people there or even like kind of know the other people there. 
And there's a limit to how long this can last because they do close at some point. And we live in Huntington, so they close earlier than most other places. Bars close. Um, so then there's a time limit on your night. You're with your group of people. You're probably not going to be approached by any strangers. And it's not as crowded and sweaty. A party at a bar is the best because then you get the bar location plus you get the party atmosphere and then if you're lucky you might know somebody who who owns the bar and then you're still partying after the bar closes hmm. see i didn't know you were so cool sydney i've never been that cool see that's that's why i like being the bartender in those situations because mm-hmm. you always have a task to excuse yourself <laughs> <laughs> i i i miss parties like that do you want to come to a college party? No, I'm not going to go to a college. No, I'm not going to be Trip McNeely. Maybe there's a sorority out there that needs a house mom, you know? Yeah. Oh, go God, chill on a porch, no. bop your head to some music. And move in with Justin and Charlie Cooper. <laughs> Justin and Charlie Cooper, I have an announcement. We're, we're moving into a sorority house. Actually, I think Justin would be a really good frat dad. <laughs> I can imagine him standing on the porch with this party. He's just kind of like, mm-hmm. did I tell you, speaking of things Justin's good at, he's a notary now. Yep, <laughs> isn't that like right? Is it he oh, like I? Yes. I said I said, why aren't you a notary? And he looked at me and went, God, why am I not? I should be. And, and I was like, I is? know you. You should like you're the kind of person who I would just assume is a notary. So now he is. Makes sense. <laughs> next step, frat dad. I'm not moving into logical a frat next house. step. I'm not moving into a frat house. You say that now? Um, no, I want to have parties with people my own age. <laughs> well, people your own age don't rage. There's, hey, listen. Oh, I want to okay. hear from you out there, fellow oldsters who rage like me. I know you're out there. You just have to plan your raging around, you know, all of your other adult responsibilities. <laughs> you got to stretch beforehand. Make sure to take some extra B vitamins, you know. Drink a lot of water. Yeah. Yeah. Figure out a plan for the kids. Make sure that you don't have work for a few days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm always curious, Riley, what did you feel about the fashion in this movie? You know, I actually really, like, I don't want to say I, like, really liked it in the sense that, like, I would wear it, but I found it to be less, like, what am I looking at than some of the other 90s, 90s flicks, Hmm. which maybe is because it's a little bit later 90s. It was getting close to, like, 2000s era that I was used to seeing, like, celebrities wearing as I was growing up that I thought was super cool. So it's less of, like, the, you know, yeah, the saved by the bell, perhaps, yeah. Yeah. Clothing. No, it definitely like by the late nineties we'd gotten rid of all of the the eighties influences were gone. Mm-hmm. Um and there were there was a lot of that sort of streamlined basic like wearing a tank and a skirt. Yeah. Yeah. Was you know, something that like whether or not it's in, it's not particularly offensive. Right. It's not out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw a TikTok where somebody was showing off outfits that they'd wear for different things if they were in the nineties. And I was so confused because I'm like, these just look like clothes. Like, these are just clothes. I'm like, oh, well, okay. Maybe not. Maybe not <laughs> nowadays, kids. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, like a black uh, turtleneck with like a plaid skirt and like a, a cute hat. Yeah. Like, I'm like, that's just clothes. I don't I see. I would just was, wear that. Right. I don't know. But yeah. Is it back in to dress like practical magic yet where you just wear like a tank top and a long flowy skirt and a gigantic cardigan, like a big giant sweater cardigan? When is that in? I think you have to make it in. When you're a, when you're like a forty year old art teacher, I think that's yeah. Which is not no no hate on that. It's a great no, style. But. It's a great aesthetic, but yeah. Okay. I think you just need to lean into it, Sid. I don't think you need to wait for the the tides of of <laughs> trends to come back your way. <laughs> you got to start them. Well, sometimes you don't want to wear cargo sh- shorts, and you need like a fancy alternative, for <laughs> like a long flowy patterned skirt. Yep. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you all for watching Can't Hardly Wait. <laughs> I hadn't seen this before, so thank you for telling us to watch it, because I, I did enjoy it. It's got and funny the, bits. Yeah. And the, I mean, a lot of it also operates kind of like a music video. You yeah. Know? There's yeah. a lot of cuts to, to popular songs at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and the title itself comes from a replacement song, Can't Hardly Wait, that they play over the credits. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It was. It was like... A very iconic movie of that time period. Yeah. I don't know that it resonates much past that, but for the time period, it was very. It I can feel that. It, it was a moment. I can see that. It was yeah. a moment. Uh, Tay, what's next? 
Well, uh, something that I guess is, is back in, in, in media. They just had a, a, a revival movie, uh, but very much a part of our youth. I want to talk about Jackass. Yay. That, yes. Which I guess means we're saying a bad word on the podcast next week. I think that one's fine. Uh, well, it's a right. donkey. It's a title. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's fine. We also just can't say jackbutt for an entire I can't. No. No, I I refuse. I I refuse. All right. Well, I'm excited because I love Jackass. I am also excited. Thank you both. Thank you, listeners. Um, You should watch Can't Hardly Wait if you haven't because I think it's funny. It's cute, funny. Mm -hmm. Not the best movie ever made. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) It's enjoyable. I like Ethan Embry. I I just think he's cute. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, you know, apparently in a recent podcast interview, Jennifer Love Hewitt said she was developing a sequel that will take place at a reunion that was in 2019 she said that so it's been a few years but maybe it's still happening yeah yeah well i mean you know pandemic put things on pause maybe maybe uh thank you listeners you should check out maximumfun.org for lots of podcasts you would enjoy you can tweet at us at still buff you can email us at still buffering at maximumfun.org and thank you to the novellas for our theme song baby change your mind this has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us i am riley smurl i'm sydney mcroy and i'm taylor smurl i am still buffering and, and I, I am too. Did you realize that Peter Facinelli played Mike Dexter? Carlisle, Edward's dad, Twilight. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that's who he is. Oh, well, I didn't realize that. Wow, he looked less vampire-y. I'm looking for a movie. Oh, I got you. Uh, there's that new foreign film with the time travel. There's an amazing documentary about queer history on streaming. Have I told you about this classic where giant robots fight? Or there's that one that most critics hated, but I thought was actually pretty good. Ooh, I know. The one with the huge car chase, and then there's that scene where the, the car, car jumps, jumps over, over the submarine. submarine. Wow, who are you eclectic movie experts? Well, I'm Ify Wadiway. I'm Drea Clark. And I'm Alonzo Duraldi. And together, we host the movie podcast Maximum Film. New episodes every week on MaximumFun.org. And you actually just walked into our recording booth. Oh, weird. Sorry. I thought this was a video store. You seem like a lady with a lot of problems. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.